Section 17 of The Destination of Man by Johann Gottlieb Fichte. Translated by James Sinnott. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 17 Faith, the Infinite Will. The Infinite Will unites me with Himself and with all finite beings such as myself. The great mystery of the invisible world and its fundamental law, inasmuch as it is a world or system of many individual wills, is the union and reciprocal action of many self-active and independent wills, a mystery which lies in the present life, obvious to all, without any deeming it matter for wonder. The voice of conscience, which imposes on each his particular duty, is the ray proceeding from the infant one to each individual the true constituent and basis of his life the absolute freedom of the will which we derive from the infinite and bring with us into the world of time is the principle of this our life i act and the sensual perception by which alone i become a personal intelligence being supposed it is easy to conceive that i must know of this by action and that it must appear as a fact in a sensual world and that inversely by the same centralization the in itself purely spiritual law of duty should appear as the command to such or such an action it is conceivable that a world should appear to me as the condition of this action and impart the consequence and product of it thus far i remain on my own territory all this has developed itself purely out of myself i contemplate only my own state of being but in this my world i admit also the operations of other beings independent of me and self-active like myself that they should know of their own operations as i of mine is conceivable but how i should know of them is entirely inconceivable as it is that they should have the knowledge of my existence and its manifestations which i ascribe to them how do they enter my world or i theirs since the principle by which we become conscious of ourselves and our operations finds here no application how have free spirits knowledge of free spirits since we know that free spirits are the only reality that a substantial external world of matter through which they might act on each other is not to be thought of or shall we still say we perceive our rational fellow beings by the changes they produce in the material world in this case it may be asked again how we perceive these changes i comprehend very well that we should perceive changes brought about by the mechanism of nature for the law of this mechanism is no other than the law of our own thought but the changes of which we speak are not brought about by the mechanism of nature but by a free will raised above all nature and only inasmuch as we thus regard them do we infer the existence of beings like ourselves by what law in ourselves then could we discover the manifestations of other beings absolutely independent of us in short this mutual recognition and reciprocal action of free beings in this world is perfectly inexplicable by the laws of nature or of thought and can only be explained by the supposition of their being all united in the same one infinite will supporting each other in his sphere the knowledge which we have of each other does not flow immediately from you to me and from me to you for we are separated by an insurmountable barrier but we recognize each other in him who is the common source of our being 
my conscience commands me to respect in a fellow creature the image of freedom upon the earth again whence come our feelings our sensual perceptions our discursive laws of thought on which is founded the external world which we behold in which we believe we influence each other with respect to the last two it is no answer to say these are the laws of reason in itself for us indeed it may be impossible to conceive any other law of reason than that under which we stand but the actual law of reason in itself is the law of the transcendental world or of that sublime will whence comes the universal agreement in feelings which nevertheless are something positive immediate inexplicable from this agreement however in feeling perception and in the laws of thought proceeds our agreement in that sensual world which we all behold this unanimity concerning the external world which we all receive as the sphere of our duty is when closely looked into just as incomprehensible as our unanimity concerning the products of our reciprocal free agency this is the result of the one everlasting infinite will our faith and duty of which we have spoken is faith in him in his reason in his truth the only pure and absolute truth which we admit in the external world is that our faithful and impartial performance of our duty in it will open to us a way to an everlasting life of moral freedom if this be then indeed there is truth in the present world and the only truth possible for finite beings and it must be for this world is the result of the eternal will in us and this will can have no other purpose with respect to finite beings than that which we have seen the eternal will is therefore the creator of the world as he is the creator of the finite reason those who will have that a world must have been created out of a mass of inert matter which must always remain inert and lifeless like a vessel made by human hands know neither the world nor him reason alone truly exists the infinite in himself the finite in him in our minds alone he has created a world or at least that by which and through which we unfold it it is in his light that we behold the light and all that it reveals to us in our minds he continues the creation of the world and acts on them by the call to duty in our minds he upholds the world and the finite existence of which alone we are capable by causing one state to arise perpetually from another when he shall have sufficiently proved us for our further destination and we sufficiently cultivated ourselves by that which we call death will he annihilate for us this life and awaken us to the new life wrought out for us by our virtuous actions our life is his life we are in his hands and remain in them and no one can tear us from them great living will whom no words can name and no conception embrace well may i lift my thoughts to thee for i can think only in thee in thee the incomprehensible does my own existence and that of the world become comprehensive to me all the problems of being are solved and the most perfect harmony reigns thou art best divined by humble childlike simplicity thou knowest her heart and art the always present witness of all its dispositions and though they should be mistaken by all the world thou wilt not mistake them thou art her father who lookest ever kindly on her and all for her good to thy decrees does she resign herself body and soul 
do with me what thou wilt she says i know that it will be good for me as surely as i know that it is thou who dost it i veil my face before thee and lay my finger on my lips what thou art in thyself or how thou appearest to thyself i can never know after living through a thousand lives i shall comprehend thee as little as i do now in this mansion of clay what i can comprehend becomes finite by mere comprehension and this can never by perpetual assent be transformed into the infinite for it does not differ from it in degree merely but in kind by that assent we may find a greater and greater man but never a god who is capable of no measurement i have and can imagine only this discursive progressive consciousness and how could i ascribe this to thee in the idea of personality is included limitation and i cannot ascribe to thee one without the other i will not attempt what is impossible to my finite nature i will not seek to understand thy nature in itself but thy relations to me the finite creature and to all finite creatures lie open before my eyes let me only become what i ought to become and they will appear to me more brightly more clearly than my consciousness of my own existence thou hast wrought in me the recognition of my duty and of my destination in the rank of reasonable beings how i know not and i need not to know thou knowest what i think and will how thou canst know it by what act thou canst attain this consciousness i know not nay i know that the idea of an act and in a special act of consciousness belongs to me the finite and not to thee the infinite thou willest for thou hast willed that my free voluntary obedience should have consequences through all eternity but the mode of thy volition i do not understand and i know only that it cannot be like mine thy will itself is deed but its mode of operation is entirely different from any which i can conceive thou livest in art for thou knowest willest and workest everywhere present to the finite reason but thou art not that which through all eternity can alone be regarded by me as an individual existence in the contemplation of this thy relation to me will i repose in calm blessedness i know immediately what is necessary for me to know and this will i joyfully and without hesitation or sophistication practice for it is thy voice which commands me the order of thy spiritual universe in me and the power with which i shall perform my part in it is thine what is by thy voice therein commanded to me is truly and certainly good i am tranquil in all the events of this world for it is thy world nothing can appear to me strange or perplexing or discouraging as surely as thou livest and i perceive thy life for in thee and through thee o infinite power do i behold even the present world in another light nature and natural consequences become unmeaning empty words as applied to the destinies and actions of free beings nature is no longer but only thou art it no longer appears to me as the grand aim and purpose of the present world to bring forth that state of universal peace among men and of boundless dominion over the mechanism of nature merely for its own sake but that it should be the work of man himself for all and through all a great free moral community it is the fundamental law of the great moral empire of which the present world forms but a part that neither any amelioration or any moral progress should be possible for an individual 
by any other means than by his own virtuous will and it is also true of communities thus it happens that the good intentions of the individual are so often lost to this world when the will of the majority is not conformable to his and have their result solely in the future thus it happens that the passions and vices of men cooperate in the attainment of good not in and for themselves for in this sense can never good come out of evil but by holding the balance of the opposite vices and at length by their excess annihilating them and themselves oppression could never have gained ground if the cowardice baseness and mutual distrust of men had not opened a way to it it will continue to grow worse until despair shall once more awaken courage and cowardice and slavery be swept away together then will the two opposite vices have annihilated each other and the noblest product of human society lasting freedom come forth from their conflict the actions of free beings have strictly considered only results in other free beings for in them and for them alone is the world and that in which they all agree is the world but they have these results through the infinite will from whom individuals proceed and the revelation of this will to us is always a call to a certain duty therefore even what we call evil in this world the consequence of the misuse of freedom proceeds also from him and exists only as the occasion of duty did it not form part of the eternal plan of our moral culture and that of our race that the duties arising from it should be laid on us they would not be so laid and what we call evil would not have existed everything that is is good as being suitable to its end only one world is possible and that is good all that happens in this world tends to the amelioration and culture of the human race and by means of this to the attainment of the earthly object of its existence it is to this great plan we allude when we say nature leads men through want to industry through the evils of general disorder to a legal constitution through the miseries of continual wars to endless everlasting peace thy will o infinite being thy providence alone is this higher nature this also is best understood by the artless simplicity which regards this life as a place of probation and culture a school for eternity which in all the events of life the most trivial as well as the most important beholds thy guiding providence disposing all for the best which firmly believes that all things must work together for the good of those who love their duty and seek to know thee. End of section 17